Hello, mighty people of the Most High Magnificent God. This is Heather Miller, and I've come to bring you a word straight out of the Word of God. I'm going to be talking out of Revelations 18, Matthew 7, 21, Matthew 21, 28 through 31, Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, Isaiah 53, 2 through 6, and John 15, 18 through 19. So, gonna try to hit the high points on those verses. I can't promise I'm gonna read all that to you today because it take me a while. So, remember those verses, uh, Revelations 18, 4 through 5. That's what it was. I said just Revelations 18. But I'm gonna hit the high points on these verses and then you can read the full version on your own as you listen along. Um, there are some wonderful, wonderful things that God is already doing this year. And I'm super excited about it, and you are going to be too. And I'm sure many of you out there, you are already hearing from the Spirit of the Lord. A lot of you tune in to me, not because of any other reason, but that I confirm a lot of things for you and that you connect with me in that way. And I want to tell you how much, first of all, I appreciate all my listeners. Um, God bless you, and I love every one of you. Going to be talking today about um, nothing fancy. That's what this whole thing's about. Nothing fancy, just plain vanilla Christianity. Well, Heather, where are you coming from with that? Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to get there. God has had me studying in the last month and a half or so, um, He took me back around. You know how God takes you back around to something you thought you already knew? Because that's what we do in our walk. Our our natural human nature is to get, uh, we get too high on a high horse. That's what my mother used to call it. (laughs) Maybe that's just a Texas saying. I don't know. But we get too uh, big for our britches. (laughs) That's another saying. Um. We tend to, with our natural human nature, we tend to think, oh, you know, we get a little bit of knowledge and a little knowledge puffeth up. That's what the Word tells us and warns us about, and even the best of us do it. You know, we think, well, I already know this, Lord. You've already taught me that years ago. But then the Lord says, no, go back and revisit this. And because he wants to show you deeper, he wants to show you more of something. And it always all ties in to the bigger picture he's trying to paint to give you a broader view of of what his perspective is when he's looking down on planet Earth, right? He has the full perspective, okay? Something I always say on this podcast, and I try to keep this always in my mind, is God doesn't give two rips about your opinions. Um, He doesn't. He doesn't care about my opinion or your opinion. All he cares about is his truth. And and that our beliefs or opinions line up with his truth. So that's why it's important that we don't, what? Lean unto our own understanding. The word tells us that There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but in the end thereof is destruction. 
But we tend to get cocky if we get a little bit of knowledge. We're like, oh, we know everything now. No, that's for baby Christians. And I don't have a whole lot of baby Christians that listen and tune into this. Most of you are pretty seasoned. But I do have some younger believers that tune in. And, and they learn quite a bit, I'd like to think. And, um, and, and, and it's good. One thing I'm going to tell you something is... If you want to get bigger, you run with people that know more than you do. Amen. If you want to learn more, you run with people who know more than you. This is just based, that right there is just earthly wisdom. If you want to get wealthy, you run with people who are wealthier than you. If you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You, you, you put your pride down and you, you hear and you learn. Okay, God wants us to submit you one to another. Okay, so I don't know where I went there for a minute. I hope you got something out of that. But plain vanilla Christianity, there's nothing sparkly about it. Okay, um, and uh, the reason why I'm going to talk about this is it all ties into uh, the word of the year that the Lord has recently laid heavily on my heart. Now, for those of you who've been listening for a while now, you know that I've often talked about that from different uh, in different places. I, uh, the Lord deals with me personally, gives me a word of the year. It started for my own household, and then I would notice that people who were connected to me spiritually, that we, um, we fellowshiped together, that it would also apply to them, and that and it would confirm things going on in their walk so uh the word of the year is something that the lord is continuing to do and every year i always wonder lord are you done with that in my life or is that uh uh, something that that you know are you going to continue doing and he keeps showing up with it the lord put on my heart that this year 2022 is the the year of obedience okay this is the year where um, we are still entering into that new beginning that was spoken to me back in 2021. That was the year of new beginnings, the end of the old and the beginning of the new. The year 2022 is a year to be obedient. And you know what it reminds me of is it reminds me of the promised land story, which I often reference in my ministry, the promised land where the people were out in the wilderness. The first generation passed away because of their murmuring and their complaining. The second generation that was raised in the wilderness under signs, wonders, and the providence of God, they are the ones that actually got to enter into that new beginning, but they had to be obedient to get there, okay? Now, don't mishear me and say, oh, Heather's about getting the stuff, okay? No, this is not about getting stuff, cars, jobs, houses, money. That's not what I'm talking about. The new beginning and the promised land, we are living in this last hour. We don't know what that entails. It could be some other kind of new beginning of just simply being able to hold down and hold down the fort and and walking into the, the safety of Christ Jesus in this last hour, okay, where God is wanting to reposition you and prepare you for things that are coming. And that alone is your promise from the Lord, your promised land. Some of you already have words like that that tune into this podcast. That's right. And um, 
because how many of you know there are some things coming on this earth? I don't even have to tell you because some of you send things to me and say, hey, tap on my shoulder and say, hey, look at this. Look at this article. Uh, look at this video or look at this news article. There are things that are going on that I never dreamed I was going to have to contend with in my lifetime. Okay. Um, and the, the enemy has many deceptions many deceptions and that is what the Lord has brought my eyes back around to uh, <clears throat> over the years he's had me studying about different false teachings that were going around in the churches he took my eyes and put them on on different major churches in the world and and showed me some of their complete um, I'm just gonna call it complete and total it's beyond fallacy. It's it's really beyond heresy. Okay, um, it's more like intentional, um, very demonic uh, uh, misteachings. That it's almost like these places, such as Hillsong, Bethel, um, different ones. Yeah, I'm name dropping, and and I'm going to do that because it's gotten to the point where it's desperate. We need to wake pe people up. Uh, where they are doing things that are absolutely satanic in their meetings, in their churches. I'm talking a Christian tarot card reading and Hillsong uh, ceremonies with uh, this, the, the goddess Ishtar in the London um, Christmas ceremony 2019 in, in Hillsong. Um, I could just go on and on and on, so I'm not going to do that, but I encourage you to look at those things and research them. But we're talking about... Um, uh, we're talking about deception on a mass scale and it gets dirtier than that and I'm going to point a few things out but before I do that I want to talk about obedience and and why and how does this tie into some of these false deceptions okay it all ties in and it's so important that we understand what's going on in the enemy camp and how far it has infiltrated into even our personal belief system, some of us without even knowing it, okay? Uh, oh, but obedience right now is very important because the Lord is saying, and I keep hearing this ring through my soul all the time lately, and, and he keeps saying, come out of her, my people, that you may not partake of her plagues. Who is her? Who's he talking about? He's talking about Babylon. Gotta come out of Babylon, brother and sister. And some of the things the Lord is going to lay on your heart that are Babylonian-based that He wants you to stop doing, uh, it's not going to be fun to stop doing those things because they're things that we grew up with or traditions, so forth and so on. And we don't like those kind. We don't like things that make us uncomfortable. One thing's about one thing about human beings um, is that we like uh, we love our traditions and we love things that feel routine because they feel safe because we've become accustomed to them. Okay, but that's going to tie back into obedience here. Because I'm going to talk about that that son that was didn't want to go. You remember that parable? That son Jesus talked about. He said he wasn't going to go, <laughs> but he went anyways. <laughs> but Revelation says, and I heard another voice from heaven. This is Revelations 18:4 through 5, saying, "Come out of her, my people, that you may not be that that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not her 
plagues, for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. So that's the word of this year. Coming out of Babylon, coming out of coming out of things that honor uh, Babylonian religion, okay, being obedient to the Lord so that you can partake of the promised land that he's going to give us in this last hour that's going to sustain us until we see him coming in the brightness of his coming. I want to be a whitewashed bride. I want to be a whitewashed bride. I want my garments to be clean, and I know you do too. You know one movie I'd like to reference to you that I highly recommend you watch it. I get so much out of it, and I have loved every minute of it. I've watched it three times. Is <clears throat> It's a movie called uh, Before the Wrath. Now, I have already told y'all, I'm not a pre-trib, mid-trib, or a post-tribulation girl. I'm a pan-trib girl. I'm going to watch and see how it pans out. <laughs> so, this one is, um, this movie is really, they should have renamed it so that anybody who believes in the rapture of Christ, the rapture of the church, excuse me, can watch it, you know, without any kind of, prejudice or anything towards any of these one beliefs but because the whole thing is really focused on the Galilean wedding ritual and the Galilean wedding ritual had been being done for for a long long time before Christ came because God gave it to just the Galileans it was only them that did this Galilean wedding ritual and it was very precious because all of the points of this ritual that they did um, were symbolic of Jesus' return for his bride. And it's wonderful. But anybody can watch it. It doesn't matter what you believe about when Jesus is coming. Uh, they should have just called it the rapture of the church or something like that. But it is wonderful. And it still speaks to me to this day when I think about the, that ritual. Very beautiful. Very beautiful. And I highly recommend it. But it's called Before the Wrath. Very good movie. I want to recommend that. Um, obedience. Obedience is important. Okay. This is what the Lord is putting on my heart for you and for me. Obedience is a form, is a, is a form of our love for God. It is one of the ways that we show him we truly believe him, trust him, and want to please him. Because who's going to do anything that you don't actually believe? Obedience is an action. Hallelujah. Obedience is an action. It's, it, it's, it's an action you do. Okay? It, it goes beyond just receiving the truth and believing it in your mind. Okay? It requires an action to act on what you believe that the Lord has shown you or the truth that He's shown you. And so, uh, it's an action. And with that action, you show God. With that action, a lot of times you sacrifice for God. You give up things that you um, otherwise would not have because you believe what he told you, okay? Or you go forth and you do a thing and it causes what God has promised you to manifest because you were obedient to what you were hearing from God, okay? Hallelujah. Some people still to this day don't believe that we hear from God and, um, you know... 
I'm not going to get on a rant about that because I've spoken about that in past podcasts. Go back and listen to some of them and listen to some of the testimonies from my own heart. Um, But God does still speak specific instructions to his children. You know that and I know that. And it gets to a point with some people where you just get tired of arguing with them and you just have to walk off and leave them behind to stay in those, to stay in those, um, stubborn beliefs that God doesn't talk to us anymore. And you can't sit there and strive with that person forever. All you can do is share your heart with them and share your testimony and let them put, put the pieces together. Okay. That's why God said that those people in the wilderness were stiff necked and stubborn. I don't want to be stiff-necked and stubborn, and I know you don't either, but obedience is so important to God, and it's so important. It's how, it's how we really manifest our love for Him. We show Him that we want to please Him, so we are obedient to Him. Hallelujah. And right now, the word of obedience for 2022 um, is going to entail lots of things, but one of the main things it's going to entail is coming out of her, my people, that you may not partake of her plagues. And he wants us to enter into the fullness of what he has for us. And um, some of that, some of us will live to see the return of Christ. I believe that. I do believe that things are shaping up in an amazing way. And some points I'd like to hit on are... Um, One thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the son that said he wouldn't go, but he went anyways. I'm going to read that just real quick. I'm not going to read all of it. I don't think I will, but a little bit. Well, I think I'll read all of it. I think I can. Matthew 21, 28 through 31. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He, He answered and said, I will not. But afterwards, he repented. <laughs> I wonder if he said it like that. <laughs> he said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and he went. And he came to the second son and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. And he went not. And whether of them twain, that's the old King James talking, which one of them did the will of his father? They said unto him, the first. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you do. Okay? He was talking to those Pharisees and Sadducees. Um, they, they, the first son said, I'm not going to do that. I am not doing that. I have been that first son. Have you ever been that first son? <laughs> Where the Lord told you, I want you to go do this. And you just said, oh, no, I, I'm not going to do that. Or maybe you felt overwhelmed by it. Maybe you felt like, oh, that's just too much. I don't, you know, I don't know how to do that. And, and But you did it anyways. You went and you did it anyways because the Lord convicted your heart. And, and because you love God, you did it. There's things recently, even over this last month, that I didn't really want to give up or I didn't want to 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 turn away from but the lord just showed me the truth about it and i said well i'm gonna have to obey the lord and you know what i'm gonna tell you something when you obey the lord even when you're not really wanting to there is a a joy that comes out of that that is beyond the fleshly joy that you ever got for doing that thing you weren't supposed to be doing in the first place okay 
And, you know, I'd like to go and I'd like to share about, you know, a little bit about an example of what that's been about for me um, without offending people. Now, I don't mind offending people. Anybody that has listened to this podcast, you know that I will tell the truth even if it makes me unpopular. But um, I don't want to condemn people. That's the thing. I I want people to hear the word of the Lord and love through me. And let the Lord convict them, okay? I don't want to be hoity-toity and arrogant with things. But I will say this. I have always loved Christmas. I love Christmas. I love the twinkly lights. I love the tree. I have a beautiful tree with all these white decorations. And I love the giving and the food. Don't even talk about the food. I have food, food, food during Christmas. I love to cook. Um... And I am not telling you not that you cannot do Christmas. That is between you and the Lord. And you will never hear me condemn you for it. Um, but I will say that the Lord opened my eyes to some things that um, are involved in our Christmas holidays that I didn't like what I saw. And the Lord put it on my heart. And so I had to do things differently this last December. And that's all I'm going to say. But I did not want to. (laughs) I did not want to. Okay. But I did it anyways. I did it anyways. And you know what? I was very blessed by it. It's okay. You know? That's an example. Now don't get all cocky. And don't get all defensive about me saying that. Sharing that with you. If you did Christmas this past month I'm not condemning you for it but neither do I expect anybody to condemn me for choosing not to do it this last December okay understand the point I'm trying to make is obedience to the Lord and what he is telling you to do or not do that is the main point of this whole word this year obedience Being obedient to God even when it doesn't make any sense. Okay? That is a sacrifice. Being obedient to God even when you have no idea what His next step is with you. His next plan. How many of us are willing to to go that far? There's not a lot of people that are willing to do that. Okay? But in the end, you'll get a blessing from it. If you'll just trust the Lord. And to some of it, it will be unto our own earthly uh, preservation. Some of you are going to be asked this year to do some things and you're not really going to understand why you're doing it. And uh, then the Lord later, it will be revealed to you that was it was unto your own preservation. Might be something with your career. The Lord might be saying, I want you to go and start looking for another job. Maybe you've been there for 15 years and you're like, I love it here. I've never planned to leave. Well, you better be obedient to the Lord because there might be something he's trying to show you. There's a reason when God tells you to do something, he sees the whole picture. He's looking from the heavenly perspective, okay? Which brings me to some of my next points. There are things that the enemy has put in this earth today and has throughout the centuries to deceive us away from being obedient to the Lord. He's been doing that for millenniums. And you know how he does it? He starts by studying each and every one of us. Yeah, he does. 
uh, he'll assign certain demons from hell to torment you for different things, to lure you, to entice you. And, and it starts with the ego, okay? That big fat ego that we have, that we're born with. Everybody's got it. That's why we got it. When we come up under Christ and we're born again, we are rebirthed by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. We are born into this new nature. But that doesn't mean you come out all squeaky clean when you get born again. There's a process that goes on there where you still struggle. But that ego is there. And there is a temptation to go back to your old ways. Always. Okay? Um, the enemy uses that ego. So name any sin. Name a sin and uh, the enemy has a false teacher or a false prophet that will feed that sin today. And we always think of sin like, uh, we always think of sins like, you know, uh, getting drunk, smoking, cussing, fornicating, uh, all those sorts of things. Well, yeah, those are obvious, obvious sins, you know, uh, but we don't focus enough on the sin of pride and the sin of egotism the sin of uh jealousy how about that one the sin of um exalting ourselves above others that would be part of pride i guess there's uh all these other kind of sins that in the end they lure that person uh into listening to deceptive doctrines the sin of gluttony and wanting more stuff and uh, greed, money. All, you know, we don't think about those things. Of course, the enemy doesn't want preachers preaching on that today because it would blow the lid off of most of his false teachers he's got out there. <laughs> he doesn't want that, you know. Um, but name a sin and I'll guide you to a false teacher today or a false prophet who will feed that sin because there are many, okay? I need to put that around quotations and make a little meme out of it and put a little devil there saying that because that's exactly how the devil thinks. He, he looks at the person and says, what, what do they want? They want stuff? Well, how do they, how do they define success? Do they define it as... Um, living a self-sacrificing life for Jesus Christ and laying the cross like picking up their cross and falling after Christ or do, do they define it as overcoming loose quotations the enemy by acquiring uh, stuff health healthy life living a healthy lifestyle having a functional family which is wonderful I love a functional family that's what God wants for our lives um, having lots of money in the bank, having uh, uh, ha nice houses and cars. Uh, this is, do they define success as this? Okay. Because if you define a spiritual success as having these things alone on the earth, uh, there's a gospel for that. Okay. Did God say you can't have those things? Absolutely not. He didn't say you couldn't have those things. But he said we'd have houses and lands and such, but they would come with troubles. In other words, the enemy's always going to be coming against you, always going to be fighting you, always trying to take you down. It doesn't mean that you can't have something nice in life, but don't make that your spirituality, okay? Because this life is going to pass away. 
The word of God says store your treasures in heaven so that thieves can't break in and moths don't corrupt it. Okay, that's the word right there. If you listen closely enough to the prosperity gospel, okay, which I'm fixing to tell you a new thing, a new revelation. <laughs> it's not a revelation. It's it's a, a new fact that I found out about that recently. It's going to blow your mind. But um uh, it's important that we don't re- that we don't equate our earthly success to our spiritual success. It's very poisonous, okay? Because see, there's a dark side to that. They tell us in some of these places. They say, well, they basically their whole doctrine is that once you come to Jesus, oh, he's gonna put everything together in your life, and your finances are gonna come together, and. And there's going to be just peace and joy overflowing all the time because in Christ, those things, only in Christ can those things be had. See, they twist the word. It's true. Only in Christ can joy and the fruits of the Spirit and those sorts of things be had. But they, they attach all this stuff to it. So what it does is if you flip that coin around, if you are having uh, hellacious attacks on your family unit, if you are having health problems, hellacious attacks in your health, or any kind of financial uh, troubles that are coming against your life, uh, well, then you must not be doing something right in your faith. Do you see? You need to pray harder. You need to go over your little book of affirmations and start saying those harder and believing harder. Then these things will happen because you're not doing it right. Do you see how dark that is? That's so dark. I know the first thing about that because I felt so condemned sometimes when my own husband was sick. He was so sick sometimes. Uh, he would get up in the middle of the night from our bed and he would vomit. And I, I never forget those days. And it was ongoing off and on for several years. And, and uh, we struggled. He would just vomit and vomit in the toilet and vomit. And I would there wasn't anything I could do and I felt helpless how many of you have ever been around somebody that's so sick like that and you just feel helpless to help them even with my faith even with my praying and my fasting did everything I could do and I couldn't figure out and so I felt condemned I I felt like I couldn't I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't enough for Christ. I wasn't enough. I was there something wrong with my Christianity because he would be healed. Right? I wonder how many people that are going to listen to this podcast are going to relate to that. But I want to tell you, my sweet friend, I want to tell you, my sweet brother, my sweet sister, that's not true. Because, see, the Word of God tells us that the enemy would come against us with struggles and with troubles, but that we will overcome him with the Word of our testimony and the blood of Jesus. Everything's not going to go your way just because you believe in Christ Jesus. But rather, many times, the opposite. The enemy's going to attack you to get you to stop serving God. Really, that's his whole goal. He says, if I heap enough troubles on them, if I pour dump loads, dump trucks full of troubles, they will turn away from God and they will curse him to his face. Just like Job's wife had spoken to Job out of a demonic spirit, she spoke. She said, just give up, basically, and curse God. 
and he wouldn't do it. But trouble still came. But what happened? God restored Job and gave him, we always say, double for his trouble. He hung in there. He loved God. He didn't understand what was going on to him. We can plainly read that in the book of Job. He didn't understand. He he hurt through his trials. But in the end, the Lord said to the enemy, uh, basically to sum it up, he, he said, the, this is enough. And his, his love for me has been proven. Now I'm going to give him double for his trouble. And he was a very wealthy man. Okay? So those that want to, to preach poverty gospel, well, th- that doesn't fly either. And that's also a doctrine of devils. Uh, because God, the Word of God says that poverty cleaveth to a man's soul. God doesn't want that for us. Okay? But, um, uh, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> he wants us to stay balanced. Okay? Stay balanced. Um, God restored Job. So you see how that poverty, uh, that prosperity gospel can get us all turned around. And if you will look, like I was saying, I wrote this little thing this morning. And um, I wrote in my notes, name of sin that's in the heart and I'll guide you to a false teacher or prophet who will feed that that sin that's what the enemy says you know that's what the enemy's saying he's looking to steal kill and destroy he's looking for somebody that he can devour and use their own ego to do it so if you want stuff the enemy will lead you straight to this uh, false gospel today that is based on oh wait for this now wait for it this is going to blow your mind Okay, now hear this. Uh, have you ever heard of the I Am movement? The I Am movement. Well, Heather, isn't that Kenneth Copeland? <clears throat> Didn't Joel Osteen write a book called I Am? The two most powerful words that'll change your life? Yes, he did. Does, jo- does Kenneth Copeland talk about I Am all the time? Yes, he does. But, but did, they, did it originate with them? No, it did not. I'm going to tell you where it roots back to, okay? You have to go back and you have to look. It's, you know, you can't be stupid today with a smartphone. You don't have any excuse. Everybody, almost everybody's got one today. You have a walking, you have a computer in your hand all day long that you walk around with. People remain ignorant because they're lazy a lot of times. They don't want to look this stuff up. But I want you to consider this. Look up the uh, religion of theosophy. Now, theosophy is the coming together and the mashing together of all of the world's false religions that Satan has ever created, mashed up together in one big ball, okay? Theosophy, T-H-E-O-S-O-P-H-Y, theosophy. Look that up. You'll see that it was was, uh, started by a lady named Madame Blavatsky. Madame Blavatsky claimed to have direct communication with the Count of St. Germain. The Count of St. Germain is an actual historical figure, you can look that up too, who was claimed to have been seen by many um, royalty in Europe and even some people in America during the era of the Declaration of Independence and the forming of our nation. Okay, 
very, very interesting character. He's not, he's not a fable. He's not a myth. He's a, he was an actual flesh and blood person. Okay, go look that up. So she got a lot of her teachings from, it was channeled to her by this Count of St. Germain, which Theosophy, okay, Madame Blavatsky, the New Age religion today was an offshoot of Theosophy, okay? Now, in the New Age movement, there is and has been for quite a while... A movement called the I Am Movement was started in the 1930s by a guy named Guy Ballard, G-U-I, Guy Ballard, and it is basically claiming to be the original Ascended Master teachings, okay? Now, Ascended Masters, you have to understand, is basically aka fallen angels or the watchers that were spoken of um the watchers that the fallen angels that came down to earth in genesis and mated with human women okay therefore bringing forth a race of giants which the god which god later destroyed the earth because it became so corrupt because of these fallen angels that corrupted humanity that takes a whole other story now where are you going with this Heather get to the point it's a lot to have to condense okay (laughs) just be patient please (laughs) so the I am movement also is connected to Saint Germain okay and I'm gonna read this little thing came right off of Wikipedia okay Uh, according to the official website okay of the parent organization the Saint Germain Foundation. Its worldwide headquarters is located in Schaumburg, Illinois, and there are approximately 300 local groups worldwide under several variations of the name I Am Sanctuary, I Am Temple, and other similar titles. Now, uh, the term I Am is a reference to the ancient Sanskrit mantra Soham, meaning I Am that I Am. Now, we know that in our Bible, the word, the, the the word of the Lord says he is the I am. In fact, in when he spoke to Moses. You see, Satan has a counterfeit for everything that that God has that's real. He wants to come as Christ. The enemy tries to project himself as the Christ. But he's not the Christ. He's the Antichrist. He is the opposite of. But I highly recommend that you search into this. Now, the I am activity or this I am movement teaches exactly today see this isn't new the word the word of god solomon said there wasn't anything new under the sun they make it sound new okay the new age movement wasn't anything new about it they should have called it the old age movement (laughs) that didn't have the same appeal well now new age movement has become kind of faux pas they don't want to use that anymore so they call it new spirituality well this new spirituality has crept into christianity and has been in there for several decades and i want you to take a look and consider because the word says in revelations that the antichrist would bring this new world religion it would be a it would be a one world religion do you see where i'm going with this It would be a one-world religion, one-world economy, one-world, okay, right? We know that there's going to be a unifying of all the world 
uh, in all of the world systems, in religion, in education, in finance, in government. Okay, that's what this Revelations Antichrist thing is all about. But it's already been here with us, my friends. And it started in the late 1800s with the coming together of all of the false religions. And even Christianity was included in theosophy. And later on, and I, and I hope I'm not boring you to death. I'm trying to get you to, uh, or I'm trying to share this with you and trying to hit the high points. I'm trying not to bore you, okay? I'm trying to hit the high points so that you can maybe jot this stuff down and go do a little studying. But basically, I was going to say real quick, Alice Bailey was a writer. She wrote several books in the mid middle of the last century and one of the things she wrote about was infiltrating Christianity with this new ideology or with this theosophy and that there and that that was part of their plan and I'm gonna tell you if that doesn't bother you if that doesn't cause a few hairs to raise up on your neck or for you to pay attention I don't know what will because that is exactly what they did they planted a few false, uh, many false teachers to bring in this ideology, which, which is basically the, uh, if you want stuff and comfort, all you got to do is follow after Joel Osteen. He'll teach you how to have stuff and comfort, okay, by using affirmations, which is exactly the same method that they do in the I Am movement, affirmations and declarations and then they pepper it with a few Christian verses. Now, Heather, why are you telling me all this? Because the word, the Lord said, the word is obedience this year, and the word is come out of her, my people, that you may not partake of her plagues. But if you don't know what to come out of, where you going, how are you going to come out? If you don't know what, what what to come out of, or your eyes haven't been opened, the scales hadn't fallen off, you don't see the error we I'm talking to myself too I'm not just preaching to you I'm preaching to me if we can't see what we're doing wrong how are we gonna stop doing it because these teachings root back to Babylonian religion and if you search up Saint Germain and what they believe what his followers today that channel Saint Belaine Saint Germain believe he was they teach and believe that he was, oh, all kinds of stuff. They teach and believe that he had all these incarnations, that one of them was Hermes, the Egyptian sage, uh, synonymous with Thoth, T-H-O-T-H, who wrote the Emerald Tablets, and the Emerald Tablets, um, the secret that is taught by Oprah Winfrey, Okay, The Secret. Okay, they made a movie about it. The Secret is all based on the Emerald Tablets of Thoth. Okay, which teaches affirmations, declarations. If you just believe it, you will receive it. If you speak it enough, if you visualize it enough, if you meditate on it enough. They are doing this today in churches. Matter of fact, Joel Osteen sat down with... with um, <clears throat> with a uh, little Miss Muffet set on a tuffet, Oprah Winfrey. 
don't know why I just said that's silly. Uh, he sat down with her on her little stage and they talked about all these happy things and how you could visualize and speak over yourself and blah, 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 blah. See, they take and they distort the true word of God. The true word of God does tell us power of life and death is in the tongue and that we should watch the things that we say. This is true, but that's the true word of God. It doesn't say that we're supposed to watch our mouths and speak intentionally things that we want from the universe or from God. See, they don't say the universe in Christianity. They just say, if you speak it, God is going to give it to you. If you have a dream, you can dream it and get it. It's the same concept, you see. It all goes back to this Babylonian religion, which is satanic. God is saying, come out of it, my people. Come out of her, my people, that you may not partake of her plagues. <laughs> Just forgive me for my silliness today. And I'm sorry, but this podcast is going to go over. And I apologize about that, okay? Because <clears throat> it's a lot to cover. So, all of these things are ego, based on ego. You want stuff, you want cars, you want your dreams to come true. Uh, Satan has Satan has a deceiver that's rooted back to Babylon. If you want ritual and ceremony and you want pomp, okay, and you want to feel sanctified by ritual, he has other things, Mormonism, uh, sacred name movement. That's another one. Ain't nothing but a big cult. I'm just going to call it what it is. Okay, um, Jesus never said, if you use my correct Hebrew name, then you will be saved. That didn't make any sense, because when I cast out devils, I say, in the name of Jesus, cease, flee, in the name of Jesus, go. Those devils, I'm going to tell you something, those devils run, okay? Because he knows in our hearts, he knows who we're talking about. He knows we're calling on him, Okay. If you want music and entertainment and you just want to be entertained and feel good, uh, he's got Hillsong, he's got performance, and he's got great orators and performances and lights and smoke. We can send you over to Hillsong and Steve Furtick. And some of the things that they're doing in Hillsong, uh, they're doing things that, enca- that will uh, ca- encapsulate all of the different religions. They're including that in there. They're wanting to be inclusive, you see. And these things root back to where? Babylon. Babylonian false religions. Um, they had, um, I've already said this before, but in their pro- their pod- uh, podcast, in their performance in London Christmas um, Christmas show, they had a lady in the in the show. She was dressed up like um, like ISIS. I believe it was Isis. She had this big, weird-looking headdress on. Anybody who studied any kind of history, Babylonian uh, religion, you could see plainly it was Isis. We're like, what are they doing? You know? But see how the enemy's using all this to mislead the people. Okay? God is saying, come out of her. God is saying, turn away from these. Turn away from these heresies. Turn away from these atrocities. Some, and you know, like I've told y'all before, I used to listen to Hillsong music. I liked their albums of in the mid two thousands, um, and um, I just stopped listening to them. I said, if they're going that direction, I, I don't want anything to do with them. You know, 
Ain't no skin off of my nose. I go find somebody else. The Lord will lead me to somebody else who has beautiful music. Okay? I like William McDowell. I love to listen to William McDowell because I've heard the word of God come out of him and I've heard the man's testimony and I've seen his tears crying, uh, uh, just telling his testimony. It's amazing. And his music, I, I hear good things coming out of it. I love his music. Um, if you want signs and wonders and music and demonstration um, and interactions and strange, uh, strange manifestations, Bethel. Okay, I could just go on and on, okay? And I'm not, because it, it would take so long. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to wrap it up now. And some of you that listen to my podcast, I thank you for tuning in. I'm going to wrap it up with this, okay? Do you know, I have a certain person in my life that I love very dearly that has been desperately trying to throw the net, cast the net over me of Seventh-day Adventism. <laughs> I'm not making fun of this person. This person doesn't uh, listen to this podcast because that person told me that, that it was silly. So I never send it to him anymore. But this is a person, one of those people that I am uh, uh, can't get away from. It's, um, you know, blood is thicker than water. You know what I'm saying? Um, and trying to cast that net over me. And been sharing stuff with me that for two years now. That's just been like, what in the world? Where is that in the Bible? And I mean, just insistent, insistent and forceful with these ideas. And um, the SDA church uh, teaches that there's no hell. They also teach that, the, that Jesus was the Archangel Michael incarnate. They also teach that if you worship on Sunday instead of Saturday, that you are not saved, that you've taken the mark of the beast. They teach that worship on Sunday is the mark of the beast. And so I've been having these things pushed at me. And, and, and to my knowledge, this person has never told me they were Seventh-day Adventist because, and you'd be surprised who it was. I'm not going to share who it was, who it is. But um, I started looking into that and... Um, uh, this is all about pride is where I'm going with this. It's, it's the Lord will reveal and expose this stuff to you. If you will just start looking into it and, and, um, I finally had to get down to it and I finally had to say, what are the, where's this person getting these ideologies? And I learned that they're really a seventh day Adventist, but he never would admit that he was seventh day Adventist. Okay. And you know, that's what brought me to plain vanilla Christianity. That's what brought me to the title of this podcast, Plain Vanilla Christianity. Because I realized that a lot of these loved ones that we have, a lot of friends, different ones that are seduced, seduced by the enemy back into this uh, uh, false uh, Babylonian one world religion has, has infiltrated uh, so many of our churches and, and, and so many of our, our uh, the Christian community, it all goes back to ego because they want something that looks more sparkly than the next person. They don't, they want to be set apart. They want to feel exalted above their brothers. They want to feel chosen. They want to feel special. They want something that sanctifies them 
besides just plain Jane vanilla Christianity. That Jesus died for my sins. That what he did on the cross was enough. That there's nothing more that I can do to sanctify myself. And that he did it all. And that fruits of the Spirit are a result of being born again. It can't be that simple because all the fruits are rooted in love. And there's nothing fancy about that. There's nothing sparkly about that. There's nothing that makes me better than someone else because that's so simple he can do it for anyone. And that doesn't make me feel special, <laughs> right? But that is the truth. It is just as simple as that. Because the Word of God says here in Isaiah 53, and this is very important. This is so important. Hear this. Hear this. This is the plain vanilla Christianity right here in Isaiah 53. It says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness. And when we see him, when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. So this walk and picking up your cross to follow after this Christ in love and loving God the Father, loving Jesus, loving the Holy Spirit, picking up your cross to love others, to do tasks for God in other people's lives that are dirty. Like you might have to clean up somebody you love. You might have to clean up their body fluids off the floor. Or you might be required to go and do something that's very humbling. Okay? God says, I want you to go and serve this, this person over here because they need help. Uh, go out there and clean out their shed. Go over there and, and do this, do that. Take this person back and forth to the grocery store. And nobody is seeing your good deeds. Humbling, right? Um, to serve and to pick up our crosses and follow after Jesus isn't sparkly. That's why these people want to think, well, I, I'm exalted above someone else because I know the real name of Jesus. I know his Jewish name. Or I'm exalted above Jesus because, look, uh, excuse me, exalted above others because see the favor God has had on my life and poured out all of this riches. Or they want to say, well, oh, I'm exalted above others because I have these rituals that I do. We do these rituals. They do that in Mormonism. They do that in the uh, Hebrew Roots Movement. Okay, have, they go back and they do all these Hebrew rituals. I keep all these feasts and holidays. That makes me set apart. That makes me special. That makes me different. That makes me separate from the world. It makes me better. You see the ego there? 
Or they say, oh, no, we have the true word of God because we just go by the black and the white letters that are in the Bible. That's all we do here. And and we uh, condemn all of the spiritual gifts and don't believe in healing. We just, we, we're into the hard stuff. We, you know, we don't believe in modern day prophets. We don't believe in prophets, healing and all that. Even though the Bible says it is, even though the Bible says it itself, the nine gifts of the spirit. You see, it's always about ego. That's where I'm going. It's, they don't want that plain vanilla Christianity. They don't want that because love requires a sacrifice. And humans don't like to sacrifice. We like to be dressed up and paraded around. That's our human ego. We like to be the one that everybody looks to that knows everything. We like to feel like we know more than someone else. <laughs> really? It's only by grace we are saved, and it's just plain vanilla love. And, you know, I talk a lot on my podcast about how to, uh, that we stay in tune with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I thought to myself, I thought, you know, how many times in my own walk I thought, how do I hear and stay in tune with the Lord? I want to hear from God. It became so plain as I just continued to walk along with the Lord. I was so worried I wasn't hearing from God. Or I was so worried I was going to miss God's voice. There was anxiety there. And you know what it is? It's so simple. This is so simple. This is the most important, I think one of the most important things I'm going to say in this whole podcast today. I know it's been long. If you're still listening, kudos to you for hanging in here. (laughs) This is the most important thing. Love. That's how you're going to stay in tune with God. Heather, it can't be that simple. Oh, yeah, it is. It's just as simple as that. Love God all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. And once you have accepted Jesus Christ into your life and you're born again by the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit are going to be made manifest in your life. Nine different forms of love. Nine different fruits. And the Word says this about love. I'm going to read it out of the King James. Okay, I'm going to substitute charity, the word charity, for love. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. You don't, I'm telling you, this is where the power is. Don't tune me out. This is where it's at. It's as simple as this. If you will walk in love and love God and, and focus on love, you will not be deceived into a one-world order, one-world religion, Babylonian form of worship. <laughs> yeah. Love, remember those love fruits? Wisdom was one of those fruits. So I'm going to read it right here, what the Word says about love. Charity, or love, suffereth long and is kind. Love envies not. Love vaunteth not itself. It doesn't exalt itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not behave itself unseemly. Love seeks not her own and is not easily provoked. Love thinks no evil. Love rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Because the truth makes you free. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And that goes to conclude my plain vanilla Christianity 
based on love and obedience, loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul, loving your neighbor as yourself, and you will not be deceived by these foolish things that they have brought into uh, the world today because all of them are leading brothers and sisters to point to the Antichrist in this last hour. It's all leading back to summarizing all of the false religions that Satan ever created. He's going to ball them up in one big nasty ball and he's going to present it through his Antichrist that's about to step up on the world scene in the coming up future. Do not be deceived by anything, any kind of sparkly uh, forms of Jesus, another Jesus. Don't follow another voice. Follow after the one true living God, Jesus Christ, and do it with his love. It's as simple as that. Hallelujah. I hope you were blessed today. I don't have time to pray for you because it's going to cut me off at an hour. But I pray that you were blessed. And no matter what goes on out there, that you have yourself a lovely day.